Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have the extremely experienced and influential man of the mortgage industry with over 17 years experience, Craig Skelton. Craig has spent the majority of his time working with mortgage brokers in the estate agency field, so working for the likes of Countrywide and Sequence. So I really want to get into how this or how that role differs from what he does at the moment at CS Mortgage Solutions and running my brand my way. If you can give us any tips or give any brokers any tips of how to create these fulfilling relationships with local estate agents, because that's exactly what he did for so many years. So as I said, Craig heads up the mortgage brokerage CS Mortgage Solutions and also runs My Brand My Way. The My Brand My Way enables mortgage brokers to have the freedom of their own branding, which if you've listened to this podcast before, I am huge on. So I'm a big advocate of that. But they also have the additional support of Craig and his team. So it includes things like compliance and and marketing that can really help them launch their business. So I think it is a great way if you you are an experienced mortgage broker or somebody starting out, this My Brand My Way is a great way to do it. So we're really going to get into what that involves and, and how Craig set it up. So Craig, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for coming on. Thanks very much, Chris, for the invite and that um, great introduction. I think I could, I was going to record that and I can use that in uh, future things that I do. So thanks very much for that. So, so Craig is returning the favour because I went on his podcast last week. So you have a podcast as well. We'll give that a bit of a plug. Yes, yeah, I do. I've got um, the, um, I actually run two podcasts. One is mortgage for mortgage, sort of mortgage advisors, talking about um, looking at getting to become mortgage brokers and giving hints and tips and things like that, which is what you was part of on the uh, Mortgage Broker Broadcast, uh, which that's more like a business-to-business thing. And then I also do a consumer one, which is the Mortgages Money and More, which is just helping answer questions uh, that clients have about, like, in the world of mortgages. So green mortgages, we do equity release also as well on there, and we do um, investment pension advice as well. So, uh, so yeah, but the, the one that you was really, um, that you came on, and I appreciate you being a guest on there, was the uh, Mortgage Broker Broadcast, which is uh, the newer of the two podcasts, shall we say. I didn't know you did the other one, and that's that's great, because if I if I listen to that, I didn't know it existed, I'm going to start listening to it, and that will give me some great ideas for social media content, because you're speaking about what is topical at the moment, for example, green mortgages, that's it. So mortgage brokers, if you are listening, tune into that podcast, because I'm sure you'll get a lot of social media ideas. Yeah, that that was the um, start of it all, to be fair, Chris, that was um, just helping, just answer questions that clients have in the sort of the world of sort of the mortgages. And I just did that purely for a SEO. I never thought we'd have any listeners on the mortgages money and more. I've got guests on there. I do solo stuff and things like that on there as well. And just talk about various different things. Equity release. We get quite a lot of um, listeners and subscribers from equity release point of view. We should do one a, one a month on equity release on that particular channel. And it's just answering questions that clients will have. And, and then that all gets transcribed into like, and then a blog and then it sits behind the website for SEO and just helps with, 
lead generation just helps with sort of building trust and, and brand awareness that we that's important to, to to you and I. So so yeah, that but that was the first, that's the first one. I think we were just over a year now that's been going. I think we're on episode fifty five. I think it is now something like that on the mortgages money and more. So that was the that was the start of it all. Great, and then then you launched the other one. But before we get into where you are at the minute. Let's start from the beginning. How did you get into becoming a mortgage broker? I think I sort of my background was in the travel industry. I worked in the travel industry for years and never ever thought wasn't I wasn't sat there thinking I want to be a mortgage broker. I want to be in financial services. And just about the year two thousand, I think it was two thousand and one. I got into financial services. I went into the banking world non-experienced never worked in that industry but but for me it was all about the people and i enjoyed managing people and and sort of coaching people and developing people and really i think you've got trans transferable skills in doing that and whether whether it's sort of banking or travel or whatever industry and if you're good with people and managing people and coaching and developing them you can transfer those skills so I was very, very fortunate. I'll always sort of say this, that somebody gave me a break in 2000, 2001, no experience. And I went in to manage a, a high street bank. So I, and they put their faith and trust in me. And that's why I always talk, talk about not recruiting experience, because if they just recruited experienced people, I would have never got into financial services. I would never had that way in. So they gave me a break, which I'll never forget. And um, yeah, so... That was sort of 2000, 2001, financial services, but then moved into estate agency, financial services, mortgage broking um, in just 2006, 2007. Did broking for a short period of time, was a part-time manager so as well. So I, I was a broker and a part-time uh, regional manager, had a small team, and then quickly went into full-time management um, with Sequence at, at the time. And so that's... That's how I got in, really. So without any experience, I think I managed the brokers in the bank. That's what I did. I, I sort of progressed my way in the banking and went, moved on from the high street into the managing national aid, the, the, whole, the mortgage brokers within the bank. Uh, but then just sort of saw that, I think, it, well, no bones about it, it was financial, Chris. That it was, I saw that the estate agency mortgage services was going to be give me the security of being employed. But then at the same time, I could earn, like banking world then went, like went to just basic salaries, the commission was gone. It was, you know, basic salaries were great, but the commissions weren't there. You lost all those sort of things. So I just thought I wanted to get into somewhere where I could have a influence on my earnings, shall we say. So that's why I got into a state agency, mortgage services, into broking, and was there for, predominantly sort of 10, 11 years, well, just, yeah, just over just over 10 years. So like various estates, like say, I worked at Countywide, worked at Sequence Connells, very much, much of a muchness from a regional manager's point of view, pretty much the same. Okay. I had a little dabble in um, for key retirement and managed a team of, I did equity release myself. I got qualifying equity release and sold equity lease as a, a mortgage broker. And that's what I did, but then also managed a team there as well went back into to a state agency and yeah then set up my uh, my own firm back in sort of july 2017 which then i don't think it was a midlife crisis somebody asked me the other day well, did you have a sort of like a bit of a excuse me midlife crisis going on but i just yeah i just wanted to be 
in charge of my own destiny, shall we say? That was the, the big thing for me was I wanted to be in control of what I was doing, where I was going, having the flexibility with my diary as well. So if I've got no, I'm not a work shy person, I've got like no problem putting a shift in and do it and and working very hard. And and that was just but I wanted that degree of flexibility where I could do what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it. And um and yeah, so 2017 left the security of a great salary, great commission, a great team that I built up. Um, that sequence, I've got a really good team around me of mortgage brokers and thought, you know what, let's throw that out the window. Let's, let's go for the insecurity. And that's just me, that I, I enjoy that insecurity. I'm an insecurity kind of person, shall we say. So my wife, very much a security. She's very, she loves what she's a, she's a financial advisor herself. And she loves the, that security aspect, whereas I'm very much of insecurity and think right let's just go for it like well let's go what's the worst can happen what what is the worst can happen and then yeah i think that sort of was my decision back in early 2017 and then uh, then yep yeah, cs mortgage solutions with the was the original brand and then we've gone cs mortgage solutions cs retirement solutions so we've got pension investment advisors as well cs wealth and then and then the my brand my way all comes under the cs financial group so yeah it's been a bit of a whirlwind for the last sort of is, yeah. four four and a half years but I, I wouldn't change a thing absolutely love what i do absolutely love it it sounds well i didn't realize that you did like the cs wealth cs pensions i didn't know you did all that now at what well you obviously started this business in 2017 and there must come a point because you were obviously a mortgage broker at that point because you were the only guy and there was another advisor i think you said before we yeah there's a couple of advisors yeah at what point does the business get that big? And this is, speaking to a lot of mortgage brokers, this is what they find the hardest. It gets that big. At what point do you step back? And it's a well-known saying in the, in the mortgage industry, when do you work on the business instead of in the business? At what point do you step back and say, right, now I need to develop the business rather than do mortgage appointments? To be fair, Chris, it's, it's absolutely a perfect question because I do get asked that quite a lot by... We're part of Open Work Network. I speak to a lot of businesses within Open Work who are sole traders or looking to grow and things like that. And that is one of the, the questions that I get asked constantly is, when did you know? And my point was, I knew before I set the firm up, I knew that actually it, it was going to be, I was not going to be a broker. I wanted to, the whole business plan was for me to be to run the firm and not do the broken and not do the advice myself. So if I knew that from the start, it's easy to make that decision. And I think it was the big thing for me, like I always go about it, it's about the service. So I'm big on service. We build our brand around the service that we provide from a business point of view, from an advisor point of view. And I think that was the, it got to the point where I was doing the broken and it was sort of, I felt like jack of all, no, is it jack of all trades, but master of none? Kind of yeah, like yeah. saying, yeah, that's the same. So I felt that, like, I loved being with clients. I loved talking to clients. I loved that, doing that aspect of the job. But then I also loved sort of developing the business, looking at where the business was going, brand, all those different things. And it was just time. It, it just got to a point where I think, do you know what? And it was, that was about two years ago. So just probably about two and a half years ago now. And it, it was just, it was driven by my, the service, like saying to the, to, I just couldn't provide the service. The clients wanted to speak to me and I, I could be in a 
meeting or an interview or things like that. And, and I get that we will we'll always have that problem, but it's just it was just a time thing. Do you know what? I need to focus on the business now. Is the right time? And I and it was just what I built up over the last two to like two and a half years at that point. And then thought, you know, like it needs to be focused on the business now rather than broken, which is hard because, and this is the hardest part of it is I think advisors who look to grow the business still want to want like the income that they generate themselves and not rely on other people generating income for them. But I think because that control, isn't it? You're always you're in control of what comes in every month. But when you put that control in somebody else's hands, you're at their, what's the word? I think you're at their race to get there, to get them to earn the same money. Exactly. And that, and that's the thing. I think that's why um, it should be by, by being a, a regional manager at Countrywide and Sequence, you've always got that mindset that you are reliant on other people generate income. Yes, you've got a basic salary. Yes, you, yeah, yeah, but you're still reliant on other people's performance that makes up probably half your income based on the commission and, and the bonuses that you get as a, a regional manager. So that's so you are reliant on people. So if you've come from that background, and fun enough, I was sort of talking to me the day, and they said, "Oh, you, as we'll talk about, do you see the, the YouTube videos that I do and things like that?" You said you should do one on moving from a MSSM to to running their own business to being a mortgage broker because that's a you've done that. You've gone from being a regional manager to become a mortgage broker to then grow your business. That, that that's good for a lot of people that are maybe built their careers around in the the, the high street the the high street the, the large corporates but thinking do you know what i want to have my own business and i want to step away from that this it is difficult but you can make it work you can you can ultimately you'll take a step back but then you're knowing that actually you're taking three steps forward because you will be in charge of your own dis- destiny. You will be in charge of your own brand, your own business, and you can build your own team. You, we've all built teams. Every regional manager, every large corporate estate agent has built teams. All I'm doing is doing that in exactly the same environment. It just happens to be my own business, not somebody else's and my own brand. And that hopefully will cover quite a few points in this in this episode about how you do that, how you move from... Because you've got the, you had the mindset that was your job to always manage people. So you set up this brokerage knowing that that was the end goal. Whereas a mortgage broker may only know mortgage brokering, how to be a mortgage broker. So we're just going to build a business around being a mortgage broker rather than a, than a manager. Talking about you working on the business rather than in the business, it'd be quite interesting to hear what does your week look like to help try and recruit people to manage the business to do social what do you do on a monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday to be honest with you, again like i think for me the one thing that i struggle with and a lot of advisors talk about this in the firm and a lot of mortgage brokers that i know who go self-employed is that when you're employed you've always got structure you've always told what to do so you're in a morning meeting by 8.30, you do, you do this after the morning meeting, your first appointment's at 10. You've got clear structure to your day. Whereas going self-employed, nobody's forcing any structure over you. So the, that's where some brokers really sort of struggle with thinking, well, actually, I can just do that. I think 
one of my sort of advisors that I used to manage who set up her own business and her own brokers is Kylie Ann and she talked about it on one of my podcasts where she felt guilty like she'd go to the supermarket at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday morning and she was thinking oh, I feel guilty for doing this what if I see a customer it's like you soon and it takes you six months to then realize actually you can do what you that's the beauty of being self-employed you can do what you want to do when you want to do it as long as the client's getting the service that they, they know and trust and I think it it is sort of, I structure my week where it's very much about, I've got a team, I've got a team of mortgage advisors, mortgage brokers, there's 17, 18 advisors in the firm who I need to speak to and have need to talk to and I need to sort of make sure that they feel like they're supported. So I have a set day with them, structured in my diary, I have weekly calls with the ones that need it. I have sort of monthly catch-ups and quarterly get-togethers with those people because so there is a sort of set day where Monday's all about the advisors. So I update on performance, where we're at, what leads we've got coming in, one-to-ones in the diary. And I'm not talking about one-to-ones where it's a case of what have you done this week? Why have you done it kind of thing? It's just purely, there's no agenda. I just sort of say, you've got 45 minutes of my time. Talk to me about what's going on in your head. Because I think if they feel that they've got somewhere to vent and somewhere to talk, somebody to talk to, and it's structured in the diary, every single week they know and they then they'll know they'll get off the chest at some sometime but and again with sort of digressing a little bit but with the brokers that are in the firm under like cs mortgage solutions and retirement wealth i always sort of make sure i've got time for them because even no matter what's going on i always have to make sure that they've got time because they want to feel as though they've been supported they're being helped and sort of because these can be experienced advisors these can be inexperienced advisors so like I've got a message from somebody this morning, Craig, I could really just do with 10 minutes of your time today. When are you free kind of thing? It's fine. I'm not going to put that and think about that can wait till next Monday when I sort of have more me. Like, well, I see my diary now. I've got a meeting with them later on today and we'll have 10 minutes in, in the diary. So, so yeah, so Monday is very much structured around the advisors in the firm, what they're doing. Tuesday then is all about the podcasting. So the, the, like we talked about the mortgage broker broadcast and doing the editing and doing all the sort of the marketing, all those sort of things and think about topics and invites and stuff like that. Wednesday is purely marketing. So branding from a every angle point of view. So that's mortgage solutions, retirement solutions. I use software for posting on social. So that helps me be sort of get that schedule and structure out. Thursday then is all about the retirement solutions, which is then that's the big focus for me right now with regards to, um, pension leads, investment leads, referrals from the advisors to the to wealth and the equity lease as well, because that's sort of something that we're, we're growing as well and, and a key part of the business. And then Friday is just all of the stuff gets flowed into Friday. So yeah. whatever started. So I tend to keep the structure. So I know that if I know that it, if I've got something to do regarding the, the my brand my way that tends to be on friday to be fair so if i've got a meeting on my brand my way it's like people get the, the, the diary advice absolutely and they can book stuff in my diary but what i'm doing tends to be on a friday with that so if i've got something to do with just go about that i'll wait till friday and it's just being organized that way to thinking oh this is what i need to do right i need to set the marketing for this right that's in wednesday's to do that's that's in wednesday's too and i use 
like I've talked about on, on my podcast and other podcasts where I use Todoist and Trello. That's what I, they're the two pieces of software that I use. Helps me be organized, helps me be structured and they work together very well. So yeah, that gives me a sort of, gives you a snapshot of my week. But I think it's just so important to be structured because if you just do everything all the time and it just hits your diaries whenever it hits you, you to do and what you need to do, you're always like for me, Monday's always right team. So what, where are we at with business? Where are we at with this? Where we at? And like now it's, it just get like, I don't worry about marketing. If something comes in and go, right, oh, that'll wait till Wednesday. Marketing Wednesday, can it? will wait till then. Oh, I need to like, this is about the podcast. This is you doing. I'll wait till tomorrow. I'll wait till Tuesday. And it's then, it just makes you focus on what you need to be focused on, which gives you then just a bit smarter with your time really, rather than all the different balls up in the air at once. And don't get me wrong, things happen and you've got to think, I need to deal with that instantly and things happen. But fundamentally, if you try and run your diary structured like that, so and I talk to brokers about that within the firm and outside the firm, that if they it's about that their social media and the branding, if they put a time in the diary every single week, so if it's, it's Wednesday morning, 10 till 12, they're doing the social, they're doing the branding, things like that. If they get the habit of doing that, it will it's going to happen. It's more likely to happen. And sometimes yeah. emergencies happen, but if you then know, because then if I wake up on a Wednesday morning, think, right, great, 10 o'clock like this morning, I'm doing my all my social medias for the next week, or I'm doing my marketing stuff and things like that. And, and it's then, if you're doing it, it's then you know when your best time to be creative as well is. So like if you if you're thinking, and so I know that the afternoon, by sort of four or five o'clock in the afternoon, my head in terms of creativeness is done. Like I'm quite an early riser. I'm up early in the morning. I'm generally in front of my like in front of my PC by seven, half seven in the morning. And I, like, I'm working, like my mind's going like that and working. But then trying to be creative. Somebody said to me, you need to be creative at five o'clock. It's like, right, really? My head's sort of like, I'm, I'm still at work, but your head's sort of more or less likely to be open to new things that's more task orientated of ticking off the yeah. to-do is some basic stuff really so you need you need to have that structure everywhere and it's similar exactly the same as what i do you have set days for everything and i feel it it frees up mental capacity to focus you work use the word focus which was perfect you focus on the task in hand rather than thinking oh, i've got to do that if you know that you're doing your socials on wednesday and something comes in on the tuesday about socials well i'm doing it tomorrow it's having exactly. able to free up that mental capacity to do what you're focused on. And, and I can appreciate there's probably a few people listening to this going, well, if somebody needs a mortgage appointment. We need to do it now. Completely appreciate that. But is there a set time during the day that you can do the mortgage appointment or offering them another time? Does that make you look as if you're more in demand? Exactly. No, I totally agree with you, Chris. I think that's the thing is you can't, if you said to a customer, I can do, if you give them the choice of, if you know your socials are at 10 o'clock on a Wednesday morning and you say to them, I can do Wednesday at 10 or Wednesday at 12 or something like that, or Thursday morning. And if you give them options, they, they've got a chance that they'll pick the option that when you don't want to do it. And if you then move your socials to Thursday morning, you'll find something else. Where you'll just join you. If you said to them, that's great. I can do Wednesday at 12 or I can do Wednesday at six. You're still giving the customer options yeah. And they'll fit around you kind of thing. It's just, I think it's tried to, and if the customer question, 
And somebody said to me, Craig, I really need to do, can we do 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning because I've had an offer accepted. I need to get my AIP to this stage. I need to get the house off the mountain. Then fine, you're going to like, if the customer sort of says, I can only do 10 o'clock on Wednesday, you're not going to turn that business down. But I think if you just then, it's just giving you a sort of structure and then you might, it's more likely to happen. I think Absolutely. we could do a whole podcast episode on setting up your diary and, and- I think we could be here for for hours talking about that. And it might be interesting to do something because you, you've you essentially been telling brokers how to do this for the last 15 years. So you're the guy to speak to. So I think actually, well, let's do an episode purely on how to manage the diary, how to work on the business rather than the business. I think that would be really useful because I've got so much I want to ask you today. I've got so much to go through. <laughs> And you find that I always, whenever you ask me a question, Chris, as well, I always go off on a tangent. So I guarantee you that we'll end up. So, yeah. The one thing I wanted to get into is probably a lot of people listening to this going, right, so CS Mortgage Solutions, CS Wealth, CS Pensions, you've hired all these mortgage brokers, uh, these specialists in equity release, whatever they may be. Why do you then say to them, you can go and set up your own company with my brand, my way? Why let them leave the company because that's quite an unusual people would think that's counterproductive that you've got these staff that are bringing you an income go and do it yourself why do you allow them to do that because i think the giving them options i think it goes back to when i was at sequence or when i was at countrywide when you're in the large corporate you tend like you would see you would hire these people you'd get some great mortgage advice on board you always knew don't get me wrong, there are people that will stay employed and that's what they will do with the rest of life. But you always knew that at some point in their careers, they're going to want to go self-employed. So that's where like CS Mortgage Solutions comes in. Every every CS Mortgage Solutions, every advisor is self-employed. So they've got, they've left the employed world or or not been employed as mortgage broker and gone straight in a self-employed mortgage broker. And so with, with that, you always knew that there was a certain timeline you've got interacting with that particular advisor. So if you've got an absolutely fantastic advisor that's doing great in an employed world and you know you've got a set timeline with them, with that two years, five years, but you always knew that at some point they're going to get that knock on the door and go or that phone call and say, Craig, I'm setting my own phone. Because it happened, but you always knew that, like I say, and so I've seen some great brokers that have gone to set up your, their own firms and gone on to be successful brokers. And the kind of person that I am, this, and again, this, like if you listen to the podcast that I do, is that I never tell people what to do. I just give people options. I, it's not something I, it's not something I do because nobody tells me what to do, when to do it. And I don't feel as I've got a right to tell what people what to do. All I do is give them as much information as I can for them to make informed decisions. So going back to your question, I told you off on a tangent. The, the reason being is because you, I've always known that I've got a shelf life with mortgage brokers. And if you can create that, so if you look at, they're going to be employed, they're going to go self-employed, then at some stage, some brokers will want their own brand, their own business, creating their own legacy. So then I would lose them within the CS Mortgage Solutions brand because they want their own brand. Mm-hmm. Well, why not have another business model, which is part of the CS Financial Group, where advisors go, they're self-employed, they have their own brand, they do their own website, they do their own content, their own social media, all the things that they do and want to do with their own brand. They have their own clients, 
They're always their clients. They keep their clients. They always will be the clients for the for the rest of the life. And then they're creating that legacy. Then why not do that within the sales financial group and offer that as an option to then because if you've got like I've got brokers in sales mortgage solutions that are right now talking to me about going onto my brand my way. Well, I still work with them. I like these people. I like the people that I work with. So yeah. why not give them that flexibility to say yes, you can do this. Yeah, you're going to get like you say, from a, an income point of view, they're going to get better. Like the the rates are better. They've got their own brand. They've got their own clients. They're going to command a lot, like I say, a lot better income from their own point of view. But I like working with them, and I want to see their them through the to the the journey. So, what better way for them to sort of say, right, Craig, I want to go under my brand my way right now. They get better commission. There's a month, like a nominal monthly charge and things like that. But they're on the same systems, working with the same person, with the same person from a compliance point of view. Nothing's new. There's no induction. There's no new systems or anything like that. It literally is transferring from one to the other. And then they go into the, the My Brand, My Way. And then they're creating a legacy for themselves. They are, And I talk to them about, and then from my own point of view, my sort of hat with them and development with them switches from they're not a mortgage broker under the CS Mortgage Solutions. So we're not talking about what have they done with the leads that I've given them, how they fact like it's not from a, it's rather than worried about, it's not about client service and lead generate like, and not the leads and stuff like that. It's then more talking about them as a business owner point of view. So what have you doing with your website? What does that look like? What are you doing with your socials and helping them run their business? Mm-hmm from with somebody that they know and trust that they've worked with for, for years or for a few are. years they're familiar yeah, exactly exactly so because it's a massive thing it's a massive thing of becoming a broker and from whatever career you've chosen before to, to become a mortgage broker it's a massive thing to move from employed to self-employed it's a massive thing again to move from being under a firm and, and that sort of thing to then moving on to your own business and stuff like that so what better way to then do it under the and you're gonna get like say rates as as competitive as what you would if you went to the network yourself like you, in terms of going to the likes of open work or primus or, or the, the big the big other are of the networks out there but just like the just to sort of say that it's, it's in terms of you're not losing out that point of view the, the fees that the rates are good the fees are good and but then you've got my help and support for, to 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 learn from the lessons I've learned over the last four and a half years of what to do and what not to do. And believe me, we all make mistakes and because like there was no, there's no great manual about this. And then, and so that's the sort of thing. And then the, the thing what I'm finding is as well, Chris, is that the more people, and we'll go on to this about branding because my, like a lot of my brand now is stuff that I'm doing not under the CS mortgage solutions that's taken care of. It's under my branding from my own point of view and, from the Craig Skelton point of view, because then I'm getting people joining the My Brand My Way who are experienced advisors looking to go from employed to self-employed, but want their own brand, want their own legacy. So in 10 years' time, 15 years' time, 20 years' time, they want to sell it or live off an income from it. They still can do that. They can still do that whenever they want. So they're still in control, but they're doing it in a in a, in a little bit more safer environment because I can try and help them as possible. Because there is it's sort of one of the, the things I've gone about is like it's over-promising and under-delivering because that happens whether you're going from employed to self-employed or 
going to set your own firm up and talking to networks. Oh, yeah, we'll give you all this support and things like that. But the reality is, of the brokers that I talk to, that just doesn't happen. There's a lot of over-promising and under-delivering within this whole world. And that's really, like, my whole thing's from a long time been built on under-promising and over-delivering, whether that's a client service or from a mortgage point, broker point of view, because then it's just a far better experience. So, yeah, it's... Uh, like these brokers within the firm that have joined us and gone, yeah, I'll, I know long-term I want to do this. So come under the CS Mortgage Solution and transfer to my brand, my way. And then we've got people coming in going, do you know what? I'm not getting the help I'm, help or support from a network. I'm not getting the help or support from a firm. I've always wanted my own brand. I've wanted my own business. Like, and doing it within this sort of safer environment. Yeah. And it... It sounds like a great way for, for, for instead of somebody going from a corporate, say, straight into their own business, it's quite a big jump and they're not familiar. Whereas CS Mortgage Solutions sounds like it offers that stepping stone almost in, into your own brand. But definitely, I see a lot of your content, your social media content, you touched on it there, is you are trying to create this personal brand because you want to be known on social and LinkedIn is one of those big places, Instagram as well. I wanted to get into how you promote yourself on these channels. So, I mean, the first thing is how long do you spend on social media every day? Um, it's a great question. Probably if I put down a timeline, I'd probably be scared by the answer, to be fair. So I think what I would say, if you asked me that three months ago when I first started to look to do this, and don't get me wrong, this is something that I've it wasn't all my creation. It was I didn't wake up one day and thinking somebody asked me the question and it was a and said, CS so Mortgage Solutions, CS Finance Group, we see it, we know the brand, we we, we see you on Trustpilot, we know that, but who is the CS mm-hmm. behind CS Mortgage, behind the, the group? And that was then well, because nobody knew who I was. And then it was a case of, okay, well, let's step from behind the the camera shot, shall we say, and then sort of step in. Because I'm not a limelight person. I don't I'm not one that will sort of look to shine in the limelight and look for the attention. That is not me at all. So this was quite alien. When when I was sort of sat down with my branding, I worked with a branding coach, an absolutely amazing guy who really does push me in terms of, and takes me out of my comfort zone and sort of comes up with some great ideas. We, we do this together. And it was sort of, I go back to the part that, so yeah, it was, in terms of time, when I first started doing the videos and editing them and doing and things myself, then it would be days of stressful because you're critical of yourself when you're doing podcasts, you're critical of yourself when you're doing videos. So you tend to be sort of over worry about things and you're sort of over critical on yourself. It used to be like one video could take me like a day or two when I first started out. Now it's a case of, well, I'll just get right. Right, where's my where's my script? Where's my that? These are my ideas. Mm-hmm. Get, get done five five minutes, ten minutes. It's done. It's sort of like it's all done kind of thing. So, but that was it's over time. It's just it's the same as mortgage brokers. Mortgage brokers look at doing it. It's like for them doing a decision in principle with an AIP or an application. When they first started out, it could take them two hours. Mm-hmm. Like now, it's like oh, I need to get this AIP bashed out. Five minutes later, right? Yeah, I'm ready for a call now. It's like right. they wouldn't have done that five years. So it's just about comfort zone I always sort of talk about comfort zones of having that sort of circle and thinking right I'm comfortable doing this now mm-hmm. where's and then stretching your next boundary and then stepping out of that circle and going right and then that becomes your 
circle and, and you're comfortable doing that and then moving on to the next and moving on to the next. So my answer is, yeah, I, I used to spend a lot of time. It doesn't take me as long now purely yeah. because I've got it booked in my diary, structured in the diary, Tuesdays are doing all the things on the mortgages, money and more, mortgage broker broadcast, all those sorts of things are done on a Tuesday. All done. So, and, the, and all done and everything. Two things I want to speak about in terms of your social media content. The first is the actual branding. So you are a big advocate, and I see this on your videos, and there has been that big push over the last three to six months that I've seen from you. Everything is the same. It's the same format you use. It's the same text. It's the same colours. Is that on purpose? Is that something you've been taught, or is it something that you just knew you had to do? I think it's... It, it, I won't say it's something I taught i think it's just a case of knowing that you're giving that consistency out so it's like the format of the videos i stick to a same format the format the podcasts do they're generally the same but even though because if i don't i'll just go on a tangent and start babbling about nothing in particular so it just keeps you on point but the branding from the start from cs mortgage solutions was that's the branding we will always have that branding so whenever we've done cs mortgage solutions and the colors and the fonts then the CS retirement solutions with the same fonts and the same colors, different ways, similar, different sort of the same thing, but different things with the, the arrows rather than the rooftops. Then the whole, and then the wealth solutions is a similar sort of thing. And then the whole group together, that the logo of the group is the amalgamation, the same font, but the amalgamation of the mortgage solutions, retirement solutions, and wealth solutions logo put together. So it just gives that you've got to be consistent. You can't give mixed messages out to clients when you're building a brand because you've got to be consistent with it to then get familiarity, to get into people's subconsciousness and thinking actually. So if you're living that, it's the same with the the videos. It's the same with everything that you do. It's just, just getting, getting that structure in place. And once you get the structure in place, and once you've got your introduction and structure and everything, it just becomes second nature. It, it just gives you familiarity as well. And then there is less. If you if your video, if you, everything you do is all over the place, you're less likely to do them because you think you're, you're recreating something every single time. Whereas if you've got your your agenda and you've got your your um, script and you've got your um, your colours and your, your brand and everything like that. It's less, one less thing to worry about. So you'll just go, right, this is what I want to talk about. This is my agenda. This is the format. Get it all done. And like I say, it just makes things easier for you because it's about creating less friction because the more friction you have, the less likely you are to do it. And that's the thing. It's just that goes through everything in life. And that's just, I'm a big reader of books, Chris. I like really do enjoy reading, whether it's just general stuff or books in terms of business books or like like various things and i think you just take bits from that thing actually that's good and i'll adapt that for that and adapt that for that and and that has just been sort of learning and right. trial and error over the last four and a half years it's interesting that you speak about consistency because this is this is something that i've noticed from people's social media content and i just want to touch on it quickly here you talked about using the same colors the same fonts the same branding i'm huge on that what i'm seeing is i talk about canva really great tool to design stuff in but there, there are templates that you can use. What I'm finding is some people are using those templates and they're all very different styles of design. So you might have a, quite a floral one one day, but then the next day it's a really hard black and white masculine image. And it doesn't give that consistency. 
The only thing then with your client is then it's a mixed message. They're not quite sure of your values, but then they think, well, subconsciously I do with companies, if they're doing so many different things and they're doing a video about this and the, the layout of their social media posts is different to that one, you think, well, is that how they run their business? So you are right. You've got to make sure you've got that consistent branding. And I'm a huge advocate of it. And that's why I wanted to get you on because we think exactly the same. Just make sure that you are consistent with the actual content. The next thing, the second question I wanted to ask you was, how important is it to actually interact on social media? Because you must just put the video out. Do you put the video out and wait for people to comment? Do you, what do you, do you respond to people? How long does it take you? What do you do? You have to, you've got to interact with, if you put something out there and you don't interact with people who are commenting or liking or things like that, then you, you're throwing away like a lot of valuable sort of... Throwing it away, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. You're just throwing it away. So you're taking all this time to build up a, you're trying to build your brand, but then if people are commenting on your videos and liking them or even negative comments and things like that, you still respond to them and still talk talk about it. And that's it. So I, I'm always, the platforms I use, the videos are YouTube, LinkedIn, um, my own Facebook page, Instagram, they go on there. And notification, I make sure that I respond to everybody. If somebody puts a comment on or a question on or whatever it is, you have to respond. If you just if somebody puts a comment on there and gives you great feedback and you don't thank them for it or you don't do anything with that, you just they're less likely to do it next time or they're not no, likely to missed comments. People are listening to that this probably going, Oh, well, I've left a comment on Chris's post and he didn't respond. I have missed a couple over the last couple of weeks. And you feel terrible because they've taken their time to leave a comment or even ask a question and put themselves out there. Exactly. They don't know what you what's going on in the background. It's, it's, it's very important, isn't it, to respond? And it's a perfect segue. You talk about your YouTube channel. You released a video literally saying, do mortgage brokers need a YouTube channel? What was that video about? It was about the, the whole thing with is a, everything that wrapped around, you talk about core value, but everything that wrapped around the business, the group and everything is about trust and our core values. And I think it's easy to post the latest 95% deals of this and like remortgage rates are under 1% and on all those sorts of things. But people buy from people, whatever you do, whatever you say, people want to see your personality and they want to see who you are, who they're going to see, who they're talking to, if you're if somebody talked to me and approached me about joining the firm, joining the group, doing my brand my way, they feel that they already know and built up trust with you already. Somebody was somebody somebody contacted me the other day and he'd listened to the podcast. And his first comment was, I feel as I'm on the, on your podcast, Craig. You feel like I'm talking to the person does that. And so there's always there's already that trust and relationship there. And and that's that's from my from me from a business to business point of view, but then you've got to look at it from a, from a broker's point of view, business to consumer. Because I get everything from YouTube. I literally watch. I'm in my breakfast in the morning. I'll watch like I I follow like quite a few American sports. So like I, I'm a big I'm a baseball fan. I love what waking up in the morning watching the game from last night. Ten minute clips of. Mm. highlights from yesterday 
So I will, I will use YouTube so much. I'm on YouTube constantly. And then it's just, but then everything we do, we Google. So whatever we do, and every time we're answering, asking questions on, and there's a video about it, we will watch a video about it. We will watch somebody answer a question about how to do this. How do I do that? Right, there's the video for it. How do I connect two screens to my laptop? We'll put a video, we'll watch a video on YouTube doing it. The beauty of those videos and the content and things like that is they're never going to get taken away. They will never actually get unless you're doing something completely wrong they're never going to get taken down so the more the, the more the more questions you're answering the more interaction you get the more views you get the more all those sorts of things the, again you're just building up trust with your clients yeah, and if they're watching you talking about remortgage or and explaining about what green mortgages are or how does an offset work and things like that if they're going how does an offset mortgage work and you pop up and your video is there, you're talking and giving them a minute, two minute snapshot of how fundamentally an offset works. They're more likely to interact with you and sort of say, look, I've seen, we, and we get all the time, we get, and, and this was the thing that I never, ultimately I expected it, but it happened so quickly with regards to, like we got one the other day, a lead from an equity release lead the other day. It was like, heard your podcast, you and so-and-so talking about equity release. You answered all the nervous questions I got. When can I have an appointment? It's like, fantastic. Because they've popped into you. That's it. It's yeah, familiar. exactly. And that's what a YouTube, well, obviously that was from a podcast, but YouTube. No, but it's on YouTube as well. Sorry, Chris, oh, okay, that podcast right. is on YouTube as well. So, so yeah, so that they've watched right. it. They've watched it. And, and that's the thing with it is then because they see you and because they've, they feel as though they know this familiarity already. Yeah, love it. Yeah. So if you're a mortgage broker, and that's one thing I'm going to do, set up a YouTube channel for these kind of conversations. But yeah, very valuable. And have a look at Craig Skelton's. Um, it's on your Instagram and LinkedIn as well, isn't it? The, yeah. the, have it a look. Is, yeah. Do brokers need a YouTube channel? Right. So we've covered social media. So now we're into the strategy question. And this is one that a lot of people do enjoy because there's so many ideas that come from it. So we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What would you do to start generating mortgage leads? I think, first of all, if I moved to north of Scotland, I'd be distracted by trying to go sailing or on my kayak. So I think I would have that problem. <laughs> I'd have to make sure that I stay focused and stuff like that with, uh, with regards to that, because it's a beautiful place to be. I think you'd, with regards to to getting business leads. I think you have to have, people call it a route to market. People have to have sort of a business plan behind it. And I think that's something that is key. You've got to have sort of structure in place again that we've talked about on a process in place. I'm very process driven, a very process person. So I think the first thing I would do, I've got loads of things like that I would be doing. The first thing I would do is get a website set up. That's the first thing that I would do because people need to see Again, you, you can do your blogs on there. You can do your videos on there. You can get to, you can put all your reviews on there and sort of thing. So I think if you've not got, first thing is to get the website up, set up so they can see who you are, what your core values are, get your social media platforms set up as well to make sure that they are branded the same way, got the same content, the same font, the same, everything like that. So again, you're just building around the sort of, the trust and the personality side of things reviews you sort of talked about 
but I'm a big advocate of going local. So be like the local go-to person from a mortgage broker point of view. So look at the, the like Facebook's got loads of community set, like sort of groups set up local stuff. Like so, talk to look at local community groups, local businesses. So it's the big sort of businesses that you can go to to then talk about from a mortgage broker point of view. We did when we first set, we had a, a stand in a. a in a, the canteen in one of the, the large sort of business that was in um, in the northeast, and we just we just stood there and just answered any questions. The people could walk up to us. They felt a bit intimidated at the beginning, but then slowly but surely, we, we sort of people got talking to us, and we got a lot of leads from that because we then sort of they know us and, and knew and trusted us fairly quickly. So we went to local businesses, introduced a big thing. So again. Um, given my background of estate agency, when I first set the firm up, I would always be approaching the local estate agents, talking about how you differ to the people that they were. I think you've got to point out, because estate agents will get targeted all the time about work with me, work with me. Like, do you have a mortgage broker? Do you have a mortgage broker? What, again, you've got to do is with something like with an estate agent is not going for the kill from day one. So it's not a case of saying... I mean, like, I want your mortgage, but I, I like, I don't just do the bit of a, the smoothing and a bit of courting and a bit of things. So talk, look at their social media, like their social media, trying to get them interacting with your social media and look at what you're doing on there as well. So then if they know who you are, but just really sort of, there's a lot of estate agents out there that work with mortgage brokers, but don't really understand how effective a good mortgage broker can be to become a good to become a good estate agent. And I think because of my background in a large corporate and any estate agent that's been brought up in a large corporate background will understand how important a good mortgage broker is. That's the thing. So get out to the estate agents, look at other things like, like the estate agents say, don't go for the, the large corporates, go for the, the one-man bands where you can really sort of give them a good service and give them a like a because the thing is with the stage and we digress a little bit again is because they've got to trust you they've got to know that they're built working hard to build a brand up and they've got to handing over their mortgage opportunities to somebody that's going to work with their brand and not sort of go against their brand and against their call values and things like that so try again get your personality out there look at like i said the introducers and I look at local IFAs, financial advisors. Do they work with a mortgage broker? A lot of financial advisors at the moment, because they're busy turning away mortgage broker business. So work with an IFA that like it works hand in hand. I've done a video on why it's important to do working with an IFA if you're a mortgage broker to get reciprocal business and but most of all to keep your clients as well. Look at like say networking groups as well. So BNIs and that's sort of things like that in terms of um, as a mortgage broker at the local networking groups, there are quite a few, I've seen quite a few net, new networking groups appear up recently after the, the pandemic sort of, and the, the, the lockdown sort of ended. So I'm seeing more and more of that where there's new like networking groups set up. So to look at those and then the default for me would be Google ads, Facebook ads, social media ads and get out there and Get that. So if you've got the reviews, he's getting the numbers of the reviews coming in, get the Google ads out there, build that trust up and, and just 
pay for yourself facebook ads cheap and cheap enough like in terms of what you're looking to do google ads are more expensive more easier to get wrong but again there's a lot of help and support out there to to, to work on your sort of your google ads and help you get lead generation from and things like that because that's one thing that's worked for us and our branding has been google ads i'm not Buying leads in is okay. It's something that we've done. I'm not an advocate of it. It's just been a generate organic ones. Do. And yeah, talking about exactly. the, the uh, episode, there's an episode, a couple of episodes about David Miles, who's been doing um, Google ads for the last 18 years. He knows his stuff. Go and have a listen. He to that certainly one. does. He, he does know his stuff. It. But it's very interesting that your first point to say to generate leads is you almost with your website and the branding is important that you set the foundation first instead of running out there and getting busy. And I think it just, it depends on that personality. Some people look, I don't, I don't, I'm going to leave the website on the back burner first. I'm going to run out and get business. I'm going to knock on doors and get business. Whereas you have a bit more of a methodical approach to say, let's set the website, look, let's set the branding. So we're known from day one now we've got those foundations on top of those foundations we can advertise on facebook we can advertise on google we can join networking groups you've got your business cards you've got your flyers you've got your website you can feed it all into there then instead of just going out trying to get leads straight away it's just interesting that that's the way that you you would approach and it would be very similar for myself i think I think that's it. I am a very much a process person, but also as well building on solid foundations. I think if you just went out there, they don't know who you are. They're going to Google you. If you like, if you're the clients will Google you, they'll look. And if you've got no nothing there, they're sort of hang on a minute. This is quite a big deal. I'm buying a house. I'm looking to remortgage or whatever the case may be. If they can't find you, then they're less likely to work with you. Tall, isn't it? It's verifying exactly. who you are as a business and. This is what I speak to a lot of my clients about at the moment. You need to make sure you're updating your social channels regularly because if you haven't updated for six months, unfortunately, due to COVID, a lot of businesses are closing down. So who's to say that that person thinks that you've you've ceased trading and forgotten to delete your Facebook page? So it's so important to be consistent. So the great way to, to end the podcast, talking about those foundations, setting the foundations all the way. And that's exactly what you do with My Brand My Way, isn't it? Make sure they have the foundations in place first. Exactly. That's exactly right, Chris. Exactly. Great. Thank you so much for coming on. I really do really appreciate it. And I say it to everybody to take take an hour out of your day to come and sit and, and chat to me about business. I hope you've enjoyed it. It seems like you got quite deep into it then as well. No, I, th- I think that's a problem. Sometimes I can get sort of too, uh, too carried away with these sorts of things. And uh, But no, I love... So I love what I do. I love the business. I love the people that like the people that I work with, and I enjoy talking about it. Unfortunately, um, and I'd, 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 I'd say it's um, I appreciate the invite, and just it's good sort of sometimes just to explain. Cause there is a lot of brokers out there that I'm talking to that listen to your podcast, listen to my podcast that just don't know where to to start and just don't and, and looking for this in like the help and support and knowing that there's other people out there. So, um, so no, I really appreciate the invite Chris and some great questions. So some great thought sort of provocative questions for the day. So it's, that's one thing I always say about the mortgage broker community is it is very welcoming. And I know if anybody reached out to Craig, ask him any questions on any social media platform, he'll be there to answer them. I'm sure he would. And um, before you came on the podcast, I asked you for a charity. I'll make a £10 donation to say thank you for coming on to the podcast. So which charity did you want to make the donation to? 
the uh, the podcast is sorry the podcast the charity is the Fox Project. Um, I absolutely love foxes, even though there is a, a southern been a northern guy, but it is a southern based charity. But what they do in terms of rescuing foxes, rehabilitation, fostering, getting them back in the wild. Foxes are my favorite animal um, on the planet. So um, I absolutely love that. He's the kind of underdog people. He has to yeah. sort of duck and dive and scrounge and sort of really sort of to thrive is a sort of a difficult life being a fox, I'm guessing. So what they do in terms of rehabilitation and stuff like that is amazing. So we've got to look out for Fox's mortgage solutions. We'll expect a rebrand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the yeah, but I said the silver fox. I think that's more apt in terms of the uh, the, the colour of the hair. I think, Chris. Awesome. Thanks again, Craig. I really do appreciate it. Have a good day. Thank you. You do too. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.